our third year anniversary and we are truly grateful to God. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. <laughs> I remember the day the, the church was planted on the 31st of August in 2013. Uh, we had finished everything, dressed up the place and uh, we were just waiting for the evening to come. And uh, I was locking the gates. Everyone had left the premises to come back in the evening and I was locking the gates, and God said to me, he said, son, I have given you the place, I have given you the space, now trust me for the peace. Since that day, I rested in God. I never ever have had a sleepless night, because the one who owns the work said I should trust him for the peace. And God has truly been our pacemaker in this place. I am so grateful to God, and I thank God for your lives. May the Lord continue to enrich you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Our theme for this uh, convention or this uh, um, Celebrate Life 2016, which is our anniversary service, is supernatural advancement. Supernatural advancement. And through this week, we also have a series which we have been looking at power to manifest. Before I go on, I want to appreciate those who are also joining us on LiveGate Outreach TV. It's a special service today, so you will have quite a lot of clips that are relating to today's service. Uh, I also want to thank God for every group that's ministered so far. I don't know who to award the gold prize, but I tell you, everybody deserves gold. Let's give the Lord a big hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. The men were wonderful. At times, in between the song, I was wondering whether it was another song, but then we got there in the end. We got there in the end. Thank God for men. Thank God for that play led by the women. That's so powerful. The lady says she's going to wait till she retires. I won't forget that. And people are like that, waiting till they retire before they serve God. <laughs> God have mercy. And uh, thank God for the kids. Thank God for the live singers. Don't you just like what they look like today? They're looking, dashing, and smashing, and beautiful. God bless you all. And handsome. Where are the men? <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen and amen. We are so grateful to God. Uh, I want to just quickly share a word and uh, say that we need to understand that there is a power to fulfill callings and ministries. I have a banner every week here. We have a banner that goes up before our messages. And uh, if you follow us on LiveGate Outreach Center on our Facebook page, you will always see the banner. Uh, it's been emailed. You will always see the banner uh, show up on the message and what it is is it just helps you as a picture to remember what was shared in that message in Exodus chapter 3 from verse 16 the Bible says this was the call of God to Moses said go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them the Lord God of your fathers the God of Abraham of Isaac of Jacob appeared to me saying I have surely visited you and seen what is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, someone say, I have said. Yes. Say, God has said. Yes. So what God has said is what is important. I always tell people, I was ministering somewhere and uh, I met a Polish chap who said to me, Pastor, I believe that God sent me to this country 
uh, to learn ministry, and uh, he's around some ministers. He was with, working with the minister I went to minister for, and uh, he said to me that I believe God is taking me back home to uh, plant church and do mission work in, back in my country, Poland. And I said, that's fine. He said, what advice do you have for me? I said, I can't advise you. I can only say something to you. I have three questions for you. I said, What's the, what are the questions? I, my friend is laughing because I asked him. We talked about it yesterday. I said to the man, I said, are you sure God sent you? That's question number one. He said, yes. I said, question number two, are you sure God sent you? He said, yes. I said, question number three, are you sure God sent you? <laughs> He said, yes. I said, if you can answer that comfortably, conveniently, you have nothing to fear. When God sends a man, he sends him with the whole host of heaven. Everything that is needed. I was on that blue lane. Some of you have heard it too many times. You will keep hearing it. I was by that traffic light. When God said to me on the 26th of May, 2013, look at that building. It's available. I've been looking for building all over Warsaw. Everywhere. I went to Salvation Army. The man said, we can give you this place, but you will start service by 4. I said, which kind of church starts by 4 p.m.? You are very wicked. How can I, start, how can I tell people, this is our church, we start service by 4. Are we a cult? <laughs> we don't start service by 4. If we have morning and evening service, that's fine. But how can we say first service 4 p.m.? I said, thank you very much. But, and the whole space is not up to our teens' room there. I tell you. Just slightly bigger. And... Uh, we went all over the place. I lived just two streets away. I'd never seen this building in seven years that I've been living here. Not in that fashion. My wife had never even seen it. She doesn't even know it existed. I know I see something around there, but I never knew. God said, look at that building. It's available. And the moment he said available, I was going to the airport. As I reached the airport about to board the plane, the word available now gave me a new meaning. He said, the availability I'm telling you means the building will be given to you. The money to take it will be given to you. The people to worship in there will be there. Everything about availability is in that word available. God said to Moses, I have said, I will bring you up. So Moses did not go back to Egypt on his own strength. He didn't go back there thinking about his... his he, he had a backing. He said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt. To the land of the Canaanites. And he began to tell him specifically what he was going to do. He said, so just go to the elders. Verse 18. He said, then they will heed your voice. And you shall come. And you and the elders. Go to the king of Egypt. And you shall say to him. The Lord God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go. Three days journey into the wilderness. That we may do what? Sacrifice. To the Lord our God. Every call of God is so that you can be rescued to serve. We are saved to serve. When God planted this church and we had our first official service on the 1st of September 2013, we started the journey of into and through the wilderness, in quotes, not the wilderness of suffering, but the wilderness experience whereby we have a liberation from a particular place of life and level of life and are now pressing in to onto the journey to sacrifice to the Lord. The sacrifice in our own case as LifeGate Church is our mission, which is imparting abundant life. God gave us and called us as a people. And I humbly submit to you today, I broke down in tears this morning when he said to me, son, 
Your church is no longer going to be a church. It has now become a movement from today. Say, life gate has now become a movement from today. And we receive it with thanksgiving and with every sense of humility in the name of Jesus. Verse 20. He said, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which who will do? This is why if you are trying to do the miracles and you are trying to make it happen, you have missed the point. Three times in this place, to God's glory, we have seen cancer averted. Not because there is anything we know how to do, but because there is a God who knows how to do and when to do. He said, I will stretch my wonders and I will make it in their midst. We have seen lives of people who live on the streets. Who used to live on the streets right before our eyes like this. Becoming clean. Becoming more honorable. Becoming more dignified in their lives. In this place. He said, I will walk my wonders. Which I will do in his midst. And the Bible says, if God be for you. Who can be against you? But the Bible says, and after all that. He will let you go. The issue is that the devil will always resist every God-ordained assignment. Every God-ordained assignment requires a departure. A departure from the norm. And an advancement in the direction of the mandate. If you are not ready to leave, you are not ready to cleave. That is why he said, man, leave your father, leave your mother, then cleave. That's why we have problems in our societies today. We have men who have not left home. And they are married. So they bring their mother, their father, their auntie, their everything into the marriage. So the woman is talking to about 10 people at a time. Today he's talking to the man. Tomorrow he's talking to his mother. Next tomorrow he's talking to his father. That's why God said, leave. That is how we have to understand mission. We must leave whatever God says we should do and press on. Such assignments will always have opposition. Look at verse 19 again, very quickly, verse 19. He said, but I am sure, this is God speaking. Read it with me. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will do what? The devil will never leave you. It's not a curse. When I see Christians see the manifestation of the devil and they are crying, I say, you don't understand. This is our life. He's our breakfast. We have to see him in the morning, eat him in the morning, eat him in the afternoon, then go to bed at night. Wake up again, eat him up, eat him up. You say, which kind of life is that? Yes, that is the life. <laughs> he said he will not let you go. He said not even by a mighty hand. The mighty hand there is with a small M, which means that there is no amount of strength that you can put in it that can resist him. Then we read verse 20 again. He said, but one thing I will do is that I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders. The way to the glory of God this church has been moving in the last three years, believe you me, if any man takes credit here, he's wasting his time. No human being can explain life gate church forever. Not just today. Forever. It will continue to be a movement that is indescribable, ununderstandable, because it will be moving by the mighty hand of God. I have sleepless nights over it because I know that he told me, he said I was with the disciples, I went into the stand and I slept. I said, which kind of disciples were looking, what are they looking at? Jesus was sleeping, then they are looking at waves and crying, yeah, yeah. instead of looking for a good pillow and go by his side and say, master, you are sleeping? I want to sleep by your side. Because that is the safest place to be. So when he sends me to sleep, I sleep. I don't stay up all night punching calculator. Say, life gate, what are we going to do about it? No, 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 no. 
The master who owns the work has been running it. I want you to know that it is a privilege for every one of us to be here. As I stand before you, I take it as a very, very big privilege. In fact, the biggest privilege God has ever given to me in life is this assignment. By the way, this assignment is not one that I intend to do and then do something else. My death will meet me doing this work. However, wherever. I'm not saying that in this building. God forbid. We will grow beyond this. But what I'm saying is that this is my assignment for life. I said this is my assignment for life. I am not in it for play. I'm not in it for show. I've sold out my life to it. Everything I have, I have handed it over to God. So what is that, Pastor Dave? What if God said there is nothing? He will, everything He will say is rooted in this assignment. Wherever He takes me, however He takes me, I'm committed to it. I just need committed men, committed women, and we will get there. In the name of Jesus, by the special grace of God, I want you to know that you are in safe hands. We need to rely on God, not in my hands, but on God. We need to rely on God. He said, "I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders." Don't worry yourself about what you see when you see opposition. God performs the wonders from Genesis chapter 3, chapter 4, right through to chapter 12. All kinds of uh, miracles, the deliverance of different kind until he delivered them. And in chapter 14, the reality of the Red Sea came in. Do I have my banner now? Okay. The reality of the Red Sea came in. And Moses stood in Exodus chapter 14, verse 12. Let's read that quickly. He said, is this not when the people were complaining? Oh, no, Moses, you want us to perish. You brought us to this wilderness to kill us. And this is how many people behave in church life. Not in life gate church per se, but in church life. By the way, I was born in church. I've been in church in three continents. I have never seen a specially different kind of Christian. Every kind of Christian on places and the places I've been are the same thing. They think the same way. They fear the same way. They gossip the same way. They slander the same way. They praise the same way. Honestly, they do everything right the same way and everything wrong the same way. All over the world. So it's not a new thing. <laughs> I'm sure you hear very more. You hear more about that very shortly. It's not a new thing. But what I find is that as long as we stay true to the one who calls... The Bible says, God said to Moses, is this not the word that we told, the people said to Moses, is this not the word that we told you in Egypt? Say, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For if it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians, that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, read it with me very loud and clear, I'm about to close this. Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see them again, no more forever. I say you shall see them again, no more forever. In the name of Jesus. Verse 14, shout it with every breath that you have in you. And look at your, wait, 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 sorry, sorry. Look at your neighbor and tell them as you shout it. Now, go ahead. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold his peace. Now, let's say it concerning LifeGate. LifeGate, the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. In the name of Jesus. Because of the nature of our assignment, the Bible says our assignment is rooted, our mission is rooted in John 10 10. And that statement is riding on the back of what Jesus declared was the work of the devil. This is why we must hold God. 
He said, the thief has not come to steal, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So that is our part of the assignment. So it is an assignment of opposition. So we must understand constantly. Every time you see the opposition, remember this word. Shout it again. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Our responsibility, therefore, in this kind of supernatural advancement is to totally rely on the Spirit of God for power. Micah chapter 3 verse 8. Say, but truly I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord and of justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression and to Israel his sin. Somebody say, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. Touch yourself. Say, I am full of power by the Spirit of the Lord. So we need to understand that we have a need for total reliance on the Spirit of God for power. This church runs on a budget of multiple thousands every month. Every month. And we don't ever, ever say to anybody, we are running, hey, wait, 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 please, brother. I prophesy now, prophesy, prophesy, 500 pounds, 500 pounds. You, 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 being the oh, lady in the purple, you, 10,000, 10,000. <laughs> To the glory of God. It has never happened and it would never... Any pastor, anywhere life gate is mentioned, if you see any pastor that does that, that's the end of his assignment. <laughs> In that church, is no more allowed. Any brother, any pastor. Say, I she, I she, I she. You in the back. You are sat in the corner. You brought a black car. You know he had a black car before. <laughs> one thousand, one thousand. Now, now, now. I prophesy, I prophesy. And they don't usually prophesy. They always prophesy. <laughs> I prophesy, I shy, shy, I tie my tie, tie your tie. Speak dry tongues and manipulate the people and cheat them and collect their money. God is watching. God is watching. Very soon, we will do something here of one million pounds. And we will not even announce it. We will just say that, friends, you know that property we were looking at the other time to start this mission work? We want to just do a small nursery there that will help, that will be private school standard but free to the community that we have bought it and the money is going to come from you and me no when it's going to come from us because god will so bless us to the point whereby we don't need to talk about money we just i will announce something and say you know it's about two hundred thousand. but next week somebody will say no pastor don't don't make that kind of announcement again <laughs> i say somebody will say don't make that kind of announcement again <laughs> In the name of Jesus. Because our community needs it. There are loads of people that need this abundant life. It's not just about money. We need to understand what makes abundant life good. Look, a, a few people came here yesterday. Almost 200 people. And the kind of excitement I saw on the faces of some of those people, you know that they haven't smiled in a long time. This is abundant life. I stood with another Polish man yesterday and... Uh, he was talking bitterness all over his heart. Bitterness from people disappointing, thinking of fraud in the church of his country and so on and so forth. And I said to him, brother, you've got to hold yourself and keep your relationship with God. And I see many people like that today, broken in the society because we have let them down as church. What God has sent us to do is to raise the banner again raise the standard again and work with as many who are in light-hearted spirit to advance the kingdom of our dear God. And so shall it be in the name of Jesus.
Tell your neighbor, always rely on the Spirit of God. Always take personal and corporate responsibility. Second Peter chapter 1, I assure you that's my last scripture. Second Peter for this session, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Second Peter 1 10. It says, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make what your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must work responsibly. The work of a church is not the work of one person. It's not the work of a few people. It is the work of a collective people who have recognized their calling in Christ. Who have understood their place and have made themselves available for it. There are two things that make a person an effective worker in church. Somebody say ability, which talks about your gifting. Say ability and availability. The word avail is the only difference between the two. Ability and availability. So when you have ability, you must avail your ability. It was Roosevelt that says that your ability requires responsibility to expose its capabilities. Do what you can do with what you have right where you are. Don't wait until you have one super anointing and one angel visits you and says, my son. Because it may never happen. If I was waiting for my son to do this, I would never have done it. Very few simple things. I'm taking you out of your country to minister my word in a unique way. In November 2012, when he eventually told me that it was time to plant this church, it was just a phrase. He said, boy, it's time to raise your game. I said, what do you mean by that? He said, it's time for you to take this work to the next level. I said, Lord, you know you have given me enough to do. I do this, I do that. I, you have given me enough. I don't want another job. He said, it is not a job. It is an assignment. And I know from my own little knowledge of education that when you set an assignment, you have a solution. So my mind was rested in God. Every problem and challenge that comes the way of life gate already has a solution even before it starts. That is why we don't struggle. You will never struggle in your life. I want you to know that as God is advancing this work, he's not advancing a building, he's not advancing a name, he's advancing you. He's advancing the people. The church is advancing because the people are advancing. When you are healthy in yourself, you can pray for somebody who is sick. Have you ever seen somebody who is very, very sick on the bed and they cannot move? And then they look at the next bed and say, let me pray for you. Have you ever seen that? No. There's, they, they need to pray for themselves first. So when God gives you sound health, he's giving you so that you can go on and lay hands on somebody else and say, be healed in Jesus' name. If you, if you, if you tithe 100 pounds from 1,000 pounds, if God blesses you and you now earn 3,000 and you tithe 300, the church can do more because you are advancing. That's what it means. Praise the Lord. I know people don't like hearing that. They say, Pastor, let's multiply. It by, hallelujah. Let's rise to our feet. Our God is faithful. Mm-hmm.